he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, someone took, when it is <laughs> grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and reburied. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. The word of God be with you. That's okay. I recruited at the last minute, so. <laughs> I mentioned last uh, weekend that we took my son uh, down to college uh, last Saturday, and so he goes to Butler University in Indianapolis, and I had a good first week, as far as we know, as far as we can tell, as far as he told us anyway. And as we were driving down to Indianapolis, uh, it's about you know two and a half, three hour drive or so. And I was reminded, it's been a while since I've done like a really big road trip. Uh, so a lot of the trips that I have taken in recent years are just kind of in the Midwest. So I haven't taken like a big road trip in a long time uh, over the summer. Has anyone, did anyone do like a really massive road trip this summer at all? No one? So you're all, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, okay. Emerson, did you? Four, sure, yeah, I don't know, what's the actual, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take four. Uh, and so one of the things that I realized that um, when driving, like one of the things I love about road trips is that, of course, all the different scenery and different parts of the country that we see, but then billboards are also really unique ways, I think, you kind of know what part of the country you're in. And so as I went, I started going south uh, down toward Indianapolis, I started to see a couple of uh, billboards that made me think like, I think we're starting to getting close to the Bible Belt a little bit. Uh, and so as I'm driving south, I'm driving along and then see billboard here, big all caps letters, there's no way that you can miss it. And it says, hell is real. <laughs> and so as I'm, I'm like, okay, all right, this person really wants to make that message known. So as we dropped Ethan off and said goodbye and we headed back north, that same billboard on the flip side, I'm driving, same thing, right there it is. This time, maybe a little bit more palatable message, Jesus is real. And they do not want you to miss this message. And so they are going to make it as big as possible. Sometimes church folks, religious folks, think that it's the bigger message that we can put out there, that means it's the better. Another, perhaps some of you may have done this road trip if you've run south into Illinois, and if you go near Effingham, Illinois, do we know what is near Effingham, Illinois? Anyone? The big cross. So 197 foot tall cross, one of the largest crosses in the nation is down there in Effingham. And according to various uh, reports I read, anywhere from 19 to 21 million people will see this cross as they drive uh, their way along the highway. Another example of people thinking, we have to do all that we can, we have to make this big, 
We have to make our message large if we want people to really understand who God is. I would be curious to know if anyone sees a hell is real billboard and they stop the car They said, they're right. I'm going to do everything I can now. I believe in God. Thanks, hell is real billboard. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But again, that's the message sometimes. The bigger, the better. And so it's interesting then that we come to this passage today that maybe gives us a different take on who God is and how God is working in our world. Jesus says, so we're starting, we're actually finishing up this sermon series on parables. So today's the last one that we're taking a look at. And parable is a way that the Greek form of this really means comparison. So Jesus takes one thing and compares it to another. And we've talked about, I think this is one way that Jesus wanted to do all that he could to try to take the stuff of the earth, the things that are around him, to tell stories or sometimes just one-liners in order to make the point across, this is what God is like. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. I want you to know this deep in your bones. And so I'm going to do all I can to make sure that this message comes across. So today we read, Jesus says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the smallest of all the seeds. And then later on he says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. And of course we know yeast is very, very small that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until it was leavened. And I wonder sometimes when people read those things, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven, you think it should be as big as possible, but actually the kingdom of heaven is very small. So how do people who like the big, how do they deal with this? Well, they, my hunch is, or perhaps some people kind of skip over that part because then it says, Jesus says, this mustard seed, it grows into this large bush, sometimes as eight to 10 feet tall, I learned. And then it says three measures of flour. You may not know what three measures of flour is, but I will tell you three measures of flour is 50 pounds of flour. Bread for more than 100 people could be provided. So the people who like the bigger is better message, they may skip over the small part and they say, actually, this goes into this large bush. This is all kinds of people are being fed by this. And so they are drawn once again to the big part, and they skip over perhaps the little part. And friends, I do the exact same thing. I did it last week. I know um, I, I made the announcement last week that this will be my last year uh, at Urban Village. And as I was writing up what I was going to say, and as I was uh, recording the message, and I had looked at our database, and I thought, ooh, we've had nearly 7,000 people in our database. And so I said, i got to put that in my talk my speech so that people know we have had a big impact folks nearly 7,000 people probably a lot more than that people who didn't sign in if they came to worship whatever 7,000 big that's right and I fall into that same trap that bigger is better perhaps it's kind of part of who we are I was reading a article just a few days ago about uh, monster truck uh, um, events that they have. And so apparently these, I mean, I know they're popular. According to this article, they draw more people than Taylor Swift concerts. This is like the number of people who go to these monster truck events. And one 
uh, comment in this article struck me. It said, the thing that makes a monster truck is the tires. They must be at least 66 inches tall, which happens to be the height of the average American. The appeal has a certain timelessness. People have always liked really big stuff, particularly the unnecessary variety, Stonehenge, Pyramids, and Costco. <laughs> we like big things, and the bigger, the better. But then we circle back, and if we read this closely, Jesus didn't say the kingdom of heaven is like the bush. Jesus didn't say the kingdom of heaven is like the bread that feeds over 100 people. We remember Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like the seed, is like yeast. It's small. So the first part of these parables that we read today is the first two are really about what, how God is working in the world. And the second parts are how we respond. So the second part, again, is like a treasure in the field that man finds and sells all to buy the field. Kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. This is our response to what God is doing in our midst. And so I think perhaps the message here is that the kingdom of heaven is small and even hidden and yet everywhere small and hidden and yet everywhere. I'm going to assume here that when we see that, that someone takes the mustard seed, that they're not planting just one seed, but instead, like other stories we read, like the sower who is going out and planting throughout the entire field. And you know, if any bread bakers in our midst, when you take that yeast, it doesn't just stay in one little part of the dough. It goes throughout all of the dough. The kingdom of heaven might be small, it might even be mysterious, or it might be hidden, but yet it is everywhere in our midst. And so maybe our response, like the merchant in search of fine pearls, is to be aware and open to see where is it around me, rather than just sitting back and say, I got to wait for the big thing, for the big billboard. For the pastor to say, this is thousands of people that we have reached. Now, sometimes those things happen, and they're not bad necessarily, but if we just sit back and wait for the big thing, we miss out on so much. We miss out on how replete the kingdom of heaven is throughout all that we are and all that we see and all that is around us. Our job is to search and to respond. I read an article uh, last, uh, a few weeks ago that just kind of made this all become real to me. And it kind of made me realize sometimes that I wait for the big thing. I wait to be knocked over the head. And I don't be, I'm not open to see and to search to see where God is in the midst of everything and everybody. So I've read various things now. It's been about a year since there have been numerous asylum-seeking individuals come into Chicago I read one article that said 12,000 this morning in the paper is 13,000 asylum seekers have arrived since last summer. And there has been an outpouring of support for those who have come into our midst seeking asylum, seeking to have a new home. And so many people have responded. And we have responded in those ways. 
After a while, if I can confess something to you, you just begin to hear those figures, or you hear about the migrants, or you hear about the asylum-seeking people, and it just I begin to glaze over a little bit. There's, we live in, I live in the South Loop, and so we live about three blocks from a police station. So as you've probably read, there are many that are camped out there, and I often will run by that on my morning run, and there they are, and my heart breaks, but then after a while, I'm like, oh, there are the asylum-seeking people, and I just keep on running along, and it's, I be, they become like one monolith to me. I mean, I feel for them, but then I just kind of go along with my day. But the article I read stopped me in my tracks. There is, there have been a, a handful of people who have opened up a pop-up barbershop near Harold Washington Library in the city, near Pritzker Park, this small little park and they have created their own barbershop. So this, these are uh, from the article. The setup is a pop-up barbershop that migrants seeking asylum created two months ago as a way to pass the time, show off their skills, provide a necessary service, and create a sense of community and support. One man is named Gregory. He's from Venezuela. He started cutting hair when he was 13. He's one of seven barbers who started this effort. He offers haircuts, undercuts, and design line cuts to other migrants and passers-by. He said, I've always liked it and had a passion for it. It runs in my family. I like to do it. And being out here, we can keep getting better and teach others who want to learn. Another one said, another individual said, Stephen said, we give each other support and have made a lot of nice new friends. I lost my barbershop, so it's nice to spend my days here with the guys. And I read this article, and I said, the kingdom of heaven is here. Did you notice what's happening here? These are artisans. They are entrepreneurs. They are teachers. They are friends. They are individuals who are desiring community. Each and every one of these individuals has a story. The kingdom of heaven is within them. And yet sometimes perhaps we just overlook them because we're waiting for something big to happen and we forget that the kingdom of heaven is everywhere and it's within each of these individuals, perhaps hidden, perhaps mysterious, and yet it is present. And I realized when I read this, I have not been looking. I have not been searching. I have not been like the merchant who knows something is so valuable right in my midst, I just keep going on with my day and overlook it. Friends, where in your own life, perhaps, might the kingdom of heaven reside? Might it be in a place that you become used to or become numb to or you're just, you go by every single day and you don't realize? Or maybe it's in, within an individual, perhaps, that you know so very well. Or maybe it's in within a person who you find particularly challenging. Maybe we all have at least one person like that in our lives. I met with one several weeks ago, and I kept telling myself, the kingdom of heaven is here. Be patient. It's there. I know it is. Because that's what Jesus says. It is in our midst, all around us. And so my prayer is that we awaken to that and that we are alert to the many ways that it makes itself known in individuals and all around us. I pray that we have the wherewithal, the ability to see, the, 
adventurous spirit to kind of be open so that we're not just waiting for the billboard to show up. We're not just waiting for the giant cross to be there. But instead, we can be surprised and awed by the smallness of the kingdom of heaven and how it is present in all that we are and all around us as well. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you for your presence in our midst. All of us, perhaps at one time or another, have had one of those mountaintop experiences where it's just become so evident that you are real. But you also tell us that the kingdom of heaven is so small. And yet it is in all that we are. Lord, give us the ability and the courage to search for that, to be open to it that our eyes might be opened to surprising ways that we can experience that kingdom. And give us the patience, O oh God, when it sometimes is so hard to find and it seems like it's nowhere to be found. Renew in us the ability to see and experience your presence. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.